So um, years ago, basically, I think in 18, 1860s, this man was born, his name was Matthew Talbot. Matthew Talbot was born in Ireland, um, and he was born poor in Ireland. And essentially back then, if you were born poor in Ireland, you stayed poor in Ireland. And he, um, Matthew Talbot, um, his family was so, so destitute, he went to work full-time at 11 years old. Uh, that was it, he was out of school, and he didn't even learn how to read as, an, as, a, as a kid. He just had to work, and so he was an unskilled laborer from when he, from when he was 11 years old until he died when he was not about nine, when he was about 65 years old. He died. He spent that entire time just going and getting up every morning and working really, really hard in like backbreaking labor. And so, basically, really quickly, when he was in his early teens, he realized that if this is my life, then like what's the use? So he did what the grown-ups were doing around him. He took they get paid every day, and he'd take the money that he got paid every day, and rather than go home, he just went to the pub. And really quickly, he became enslaved to alcohol. He still worked really hard, but, but he just he got to the point where he could not get to the end of the day. He could not keep his money. He wanted to. He wanted to keep his money, but he couldn't keep his money until one day um, after work, they didn't pay him for whatever reason. He didn't get paid that day. And so he just stood outside the pub. It was, it was a summer day. He stood outside the pub, and he just asked all the drinking buddies, hey, buy me a drink. And no one would buy him a drink. All these guys that he would spend hours with. I mean, he'd, spend, he'd go into the night just like, just reveling, partying, whatever it is with them. And when he couldn't buy his own drink, not one of them would buy him a drink. And he came to his senses and he just had this idea of like this, like, what am I doing? I mean, there was this, this conviction he had, like, something has to change. Like, this is no longer an option. I, I can't live like this. And he decided in that moment to basically take the hardest, make the hardest step of his life, make the hardest decision, decision of his life. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation with anything. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's something else. Where you just realize, you're looking at your life and you're like, okay, something has to change here. This, I cannot go on like this. Like, I am stuck unless I do something. And unless I do something, this is my life. This is, it's, it's over. I don't know if you've ever, again, if you've ever felt like that. Sometimes it's a relationship where you're just like, I realize, I see what, where this is going. This can't happen like this. This cannot keep going on. I have to do something. Maybe it's, um, <laughs> Maybe it's the semester, like, right? You, like, here you are in the middle of the semester, pretty much, almost midterms, and you're like, okay, I realize this. I can't, this just can't happen. I, I can't live the next half of the semester like I lived the first half of the semester. I, something has to change. Maybe it is work. We just realize that I'm stuck. I need to make a choice. I mean, it, it really could be anything, even, even health, where you just, like, you're looking at yourself going, okay, um, if I keep living the way I'm living, I will not be living very long. And you get to this point, whatever, wherever it is, you, right, you get to this point where you're just like, I, I just can't. I can't do this anymore. Something has to change. And this is the thing, is that we have, if you've ever had that happen to you before, you realize, okay, something has to change, but what, right? Like, how do I move? Because it's one, thing, it's one thing to realize, okay, something has to change. It's one thing to realize, I can't do this anymore. It's a whole other thing to know what to do next. Because what to do next, the realizing it is kind of easy, really. The what to do next is the hardest step. That next step is the hardest step. So we, we decided to do, we finished the Are You Saved series last week. And, and we have another one starting in like three weeks. So we have a time for like a, a, a two-part mini-series. We call it Double Shot, little Double Shot homily series. Um, and basically, it's about this. It's about the hardest step. Because if you haven't yet, you're going to get to that place where it's like, okay, I need to move. In this hardest step, this series, this Double Shot series, 
It's about, okay, when you know you need to move, when you know that things need to change, but it seems impossible. Because when that seems impossible, the hardest step is actually really, really simple. The hardest step is the first step. When things seem impossible, but you know they need to change, the hardest step is the first step. It's not complicated. It's really simple. So in the Old Testament reading today, we have the story of Naaman, right? So I don't know if you know anything about Naaman because we didn't really hear a bunch about his backstory. We just heard that he got healed of leprosy. Go Naaman. Um, but his story is that Naaman was the number one general of the uh, kingdom of, Ar of Aram. So he was number two in the whole uh, kingdom of the Arameans. He had everything. He had power. He had success. I mean, he'd go into battle and he would win. He, all he did was win, 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 no matter what. Um, and um, he, you guys. I listen to the hits. You don't think I do, but back in 2007. Um, sorry, now a whole lyrics going through my head. Every in the hand goes up and they stay there. Okay, anyways, he had everything. He had, you guys know that song, right? I'm not just, okay, back to our story. Naaman. He had power, he had success, he had influence, he had money, he had fame, he had people's respect, and he also had leprosy. Which meant that no matter how much more money or how much more fame, how much more respect or how much more success he had, it didn't matter because he had a death sentence on his head. That he was about to lose everything. And this servant girl, who was, she was Jewish, he actually kidnapped her. He was not a great guy. He had kidnapped this Israelite girl and she says, actually, um, there's a holy man in my homeland. His name is Elisha, and he can heal you. So Naaman goes to the king of Aram, and he says, there's this holy man there. So the king's like, get down there. I need you. I want you to be healed. And so Naaman shows up, and Elisha says, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the Jordan River, and you're going to bathe in it seven times in a row. And Naaman says, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Because Naaman comes from up in Syria, where like, there's like nice rivers. If you've ever been to Israel, the Jordan River is basically a ditch. It is, I know we're like, oh, but Jesus got baptized there. Yeah, that's like the one cool thing that happened. Otherwise, it's, it's the muddiest little trickle of a creek, and it's just like, it's nothing. So Naaman's like, are you kidding? Just jump in this water seven times. That is, it's too easy. And here's the thing. This is the first step for us. Oftentimes the first step is really, really simple, but we make it more complicated. We like to complicate the first step because if it's complicated enough, then I have permission and I have an excuse for why I'm not taking that first step. So like, okay, I need to get fit. I'm gonna get healthy. And so, okay, um, what am I gonna do? I need to buy one of those Peloton bikes, right? Those indoor trainers. And so uh, they're really expensive. And so I'm gonna save up my money. Okay, what am I gonna do? I need to form a budget first. Then I'm gonna have this thing because I'm gonna get the, the console that has like the personal training thing. And Maria, she's my favorite trainer. And like, but I, don't, I can't be there yet. And also I need to place a store. My apartment, there's not enough room. I can't exercise. I can't exercise because I don't have a Peloton bike. Okay, do you have a bicycle? Because that still works, right? Like, or a walk around the block. That could maybe do the trick. Or someone says, I want to start eating healthy, but uh, Whole Foods, is, it's, it's so far away and it's so expensive. I just can't start eating healthy. How about the simple step of not buying Cheetos the next time? Like, that's, it's really simple. Even the relationship stuff about when it comes to like, okay, I, I, I don't want to date this person anymore, but oh, it's just, it's midterms. I don't want to tell them now. And, and so-and-so, you know, his, his great aunt is really sick. So uh, making it really complicated, just, you know what? When you, here's, here's a little rule of thumb. When it comes to relationship stuff, when you know it's over, you need to let them know that it's over. That one's for free. Um, but here's the thing is, because what did we do? We make it so complicated because then complication becomes the excuse for actually taking action. But it's simple. It's just take the first step. 
or, or, or we don't just want it to be uh, complicated, we want it to be a guarantee. So Naaman could say, okay, so if I, if I go into the water, I, for sure, do you promise that I'm going to be healed? We want certainty in this whole kind of situation. But here's the problem. Part of taking the first step, one of the reasons why the first step is so difficult is because it means moving before you know for sure. One of the things that makes the first step so difficult because you have to take the step before you actually know for sure. Did you notice that both in the Old Testament reading and in the gospel today, that all 11 total lepers, they don't get healed until after they move? It says that he was healed after he responded to the word of the man of God. Um, Jesus in the gospel today, he says, go show yourselves to the priests. And it says, as they were on their way, they were healed. So oftentimes what we want, we want, um, we want God to show up, reveal himself. Okay, now I'll believe you. Now I'll act. But how it works is we act and God shows up. It's not the other way around. But when, he, when you act, then you know. That's what Naaman says. He says, now I know. Now I know there is no God in the world other than the God of Israel. But you don't know that until after you moved. So again, we, we, want it be, we want it to be complicated so we have an excuse. We want it to be guaranteed. But here's the, the other thing. is like, well, how do I know? How do I know what the first step is? How do I know for sure what that next step is? And so often we're stopped by the idea, or actually we're stopped by the myth that there's only one possible step. We're stopped, maybe like, I'll say it like this. It's like when it comes to your life, like what's God's big purpose for your life? What's the plan for your life? We, have, we believe this myth of that there's only one. We believe that there's this myth that, like, just find that one passion, that one purpose, that one thing, and if you find the right one, you will have no problems and no sadness and no, pro and no issues for the rest of your life. That is, the reason they call it a myth is because it's baloney. I mean, that's the re reality. There's, God has so many purposes for your life. There are so many different paths that he actually is saying, go ahead and take them. There are so many first steps that you could take that are just, that would honor him. So there's not just one. You know, I know that there's something like, you know, you know Stephen Covey, he wrote the book, Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. Really good. One of the habits is having, begin with the end in mind, right? Begin with, like, where do you want to go? Where do you want to be at the end of this whole thing? That's wonderful. That's really great. It's great they had a vision for, like, where this first step will lead you ultimately. But there's another author called John Acuff, and John Acuff said, yes, I agree with Stephen Covey. Begin with the end in mind, but you don't have to begin with the end in stone. You don't have to absolutely know for sure where you'll end up. That's one of the reasons, um, and one of the reasons is because you can be wrong. Like the first step, it could be the wrong step. The hardest step, the first step, can often be the wrong step. That's why you, that's why I don't, I don't like the term leap of faith. Don't leap. Leaping is for stupid people. Don't be stupid people. Take a step of faith. Because, again, it's like, some people are like, okay, so you want me to take a leap of faith, Father? You're telling me I should quit my job or drop out of school and start my own business. That's what you're saying. No. That is not the takeaway from this night's mass. That is not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if there's that next step, you know something needs to change. Take the hardest step, the first step, but have a plan. Like, don't quit your job until you have another one lined up. That's just, otherwise, it's foolishness. Because you might not be right. Like that first step might not be right, but you will be moving. It might be the wrong step, but at least you'll be on your way. That's why G.K. Chesterton, Chesterton was, um, he was a convert to Catholicism after he was an atheist for years, about 100 years ago. 
And one of the things he said, he said, um, anything worth doing is worth doing poorly at first. That if there is actually any, anything in your life that's worth doing, like go ahead, make a mistake with it. Why not mess up? Because if it's worth doing, it's worth taking the wrong step. If the first step is worth taking, then it's worth taking the wrong first step. Because someone who says, well, I don't know what that first step is, I'm telling you, you do. Because it might not be in a relationship, it might not be with school, it might not be with work, it might not be with all the things I'm saying, but really when it comes down to it, all of us, every single person who's at Mass tonight, you realize this truth, that you're made for more than you're actually living. You're made for more of a relationship with God than you actually are. Here's what I believe about you all, all, all of us here at Mass tonight. I believe that you're a Mass tonight because you want a relationship with God that is actually better than the one you currently have. I think every one of us right now, when it comes down to it, we want a relationship with God. We want to know God more than we currently do. We want to like walk with him and like we have this dynamic relationship with him better than we actually, imagine this. Imagine if the state of your and my relationship, we just know your, just let this, let this be about you. If, imagine if your relationship with God right now was just freeze framed. And that was the kind of depth that you had for the rest of your life. No worse, but no better. Would that be enough for you? Or would you say, no, I, I, I realize I need more. I want more. That if this was the status of my relationship with God from now until the day I die, I, it, would, it wouldn't be enough. And that's why I say, like, then you know the next step. Then you know the hardest step. You know the first step. The first step is, well, then God, how do I do that? How do I actually live with you, God, not on the borders of my life, but with you, God, as the Lord of my life. Now, sometimes we say, like, oh, well, I'll just, um, yeah, I, Father, I know what you're saying. You're saying I need to pray more. I get it. I need to pray more. But sometimes I make the decision to pray, and I just find I don't have the motivation. Whenever I hear someone say that, I want to punch them in the face. I don't because I'm a good person. But, um, <laughs> but what I hear people saying is, like, oh, I want to, I want to, I don't, I don't want to pray if I don't feel like it. Here's the problem with that you'll never feel like it. Like when it comes down to it, you'll never feel like it. Because if something was easy, then you would feel like it all the time. You wouldn't have to tell yourself to do it. Motivation is not having drive or passion or feeling like it. When someone says they don't have enough motivation, what they're thinking, what I think they think, I think they're saying is, I just need more zeal, I need more zest, I need more like just energy for this. But let's break down the word. Motivation. Means you have a, if you have motivation, it means you have a motive. If you have motivation, it means you have a reason. If you have motivation, it means you have a why. So I need more motivation to pray. No, you don't. You guys, you have a reason. You have a motive. I don't want my life to look like it looks from this day until the day I die. I need that relationship with God to look better than it looks. I want it to look deeper than that. I want to know him more. You have a motive. You have reason. You have a why. I think the reason why we're afraid to take the first step is because up until taking the first step, and one of the reasons the first step is the hardest is because up until that first step, it gets to be a wish. Up until we take the first step, it gets to be this aspiration, it gets to be this dream, it gets to be, it gets to be this thing I'm open to, I'm open to, yeah, that's a nice idea. I like the idea of having a closer relationship with God. I like the idea of being more conformed to Jesus. I like the idea of walking with him. That's so great. But the moment you take the first step, you're actually trying. The moment you take the first step, 
you're actually, things are changing. When we take the first step, things are really moving. And that's why it's so scary. But you guys, that's why it's also so awesome. And this is the last thing. That's why it's so awesome. Because the moment you take the first step, everything's changing. If you're in a relationship right now, you are one step away from having an amazing relationship. If you're in class right now, like studying, not in class, literally right now. If you're a student right now, you're one step away from being an excellent student. Matthew Talbot, he went home that afternoon from the pub when no one would buy him a, no one would buy him a drink. And his mom, he lived with his mom, and uh, things, some things never change. And uh, he, she, his mom was really excited to see him uh, home so early and sober. She's like, what are you doing home? And he said, I'm going to church. So what are you going to church for? He says, I'm going to take the pledge. Back in Ireland at the time, take the pledge meant you took the pledge never to drink again, not to drink again. She's like, Matthew, you, she, Matt, I know you. Be careful if you take that step. And he said, Mom, I know what I'm doing. It has to change. This is the step I have to take. As Matt walked to that church that night, he walked as a man of God. As Matt prayed, just started praying. What was he? He immediately took the first step of praying. He became a man of prayer. This guy who was enslaved to alcohol, the moment he chose, I don't have to be a slave, he became a man of freedom. That moment, the moment he took the first step is the moment he became all of those things. He didn't have to wait to become those things. The moment he took that first step, the hardest step, he became every one of those things. And that's exactly what you and I can become as well. Where is it in your life where you're like, it has to shift. It has to, it has to change. Things have to shift. I have to move. Just take that hardest step. Take that first step. And the moment you take that first step, you're taking the step of freedom. The moment you decide, okay, tomorrow I'm going to pray. That moment you become a person of prayer. The moment you decide, you know, I'm going to walk with Jesus. You become a person who walks with Christ. The moment you decide and say, I'm going to take the hardest step, this first step, I'm no longer going to be a slave to what I'm a slave to. You become a person of freedom. And the moment you take that step and say, this is the hardest step, but it's real, and it's my first step, I'm going to follow after Jesus. That moment, that is the moment that you're walking as a Christian. And you don't have to wait. Because all it takes is the first step.